Episode 13, The Process of Change. Hello, my name is Angela. I am a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am a wife, I am a mother of four, and I am a stepmother of three. I was married for 14 years when I began to learn the secrets my now ex-husband had been keeping from me, all starting with his affair. My world, my identity, my worth were all in question. I didn't know or trust anything. But through that tragedy, something amazing happened. I found myself and I began to learn how to truly love the person I saw in the mirror. It's not a destination. It's a journey. However, now I can honestly say that I am a beautiful, strong, intelligent, and brave daughter of God. I am a trauma survivor and thriver, as well as a certified life coach. I want to share my story, as well as my experiences and what I've learned, to bring others hope, healing, and help. So come with me, and together we can find courage in betrayal. I want to talk about change. I want to talk about why change is important and why change can be so hard. Most of us have probably heard the quote, the only constant in life is change. So you think we would be, we would be better equipped to handle it, right? But that is where things get tricky. First, most of the time we have not been taught properly on how to work through and combat difficult things in general. And change falls into that difficult category. Then two, most of the time there's a part of us, whether that is a big or small part, that doesn't want change. Therefore, we end up trying to avoid it, or we try to stop it from happening. This will eventually cause a lot of pain and discomfort in our lives later, but we don't always see or understand that, and most of us aren't looking that far down the road. We tend to only be concerned about the here and now, and right now, we feel uncomfortable. So, let's talk about it. When I say that a part of us doesn't want change, what am I talking about? The truth is change is uncomfortable and there are unknown variables we cannot control or understand until it happens. Therefore, change feels scary because we don't know what to plan or prepare for. Something I've learned is that most people will choose whatever current hell they are in versus stepping into an unknown heaven. We do this because there are no guarantees anything will actually be any better. Therefore, because the unknown is uncertain and unsteady, that feels worse than just staying in whatever situation we may currently be in, because at least we know what to plan for. To break it down, change is the unknown. We don't know how it's going to turn out, and we don't know if it's going to be a better option until we try it. But that means stepping into the unknown and our brains and our bodies will resist the change because the unsurety of it feels unsafe. The process of creating change takes time. No one can simply declare they have changed. It's not a one-time process, but in order for real change to take place, it has to become a habit. And to form a habit, it has to be done consistently. At the same time, we fight the urge to return to whatever we usually do. This is why change is so hard. Breaking bad habits or behaviors or changing how you see yourself happens with one step at a time. There are no shortcuts. If you want change to be real and sincere, then time will be your only measurement. I hated that answer. When I was sitting in the middle of my pain and I was told it will take time to get better, 
I wanted to punch a wall. I didn't feel like I had time. I was drowning. I felt like I was dying. Don't tell me to hold on longer and eventually it's going to get better. That didn't feel helpful, but it was the truth. Because I love analogies, we are going to look at it from another perspective. Let's imagine a city, and I want to compare that city to our brains. As we learn and build, we are constantly constructing buildings, structures, and roads as we learn and grow. The more we learn and develop, the bigger the city becomes. But I want to focus on the streets, roads, and pathways leading from one space to the other. These roads and pathways range from size and stature depending on what is needed. These roads equal our behaviors. These roads slash behaviors lead us to where we want to go. However, many times these roads or behaviors become worn down or insufficient due to the growth of the city. Therefore, at some point, we reach a conclusion that the old roads are not leading us where we really want to go and finding a solution needs to be addressed. Therefore, in an effort to be better, we create a new road, i.e. we change a behavior. We plan and then we hope that the new road will get us to the destination in a better and more efficient manner. Are you with me so far? But what happens to the old roads? Do they simply disappear because a new one was built? Although the new road slash behavior may actually be better, we still have a tendency to go down the old familiar roads because that is what we know. For instance, have you ever caught yourself driving to an old address after you moved because you weren't paying attention? Your brain and body fall into an autopilot and they will lead you down a road that is very familiar and you didn't even realize it was happening. This is because building a new road will not stop us or anyone from taking the old one. If we do not want anyone traveling on the old road ever again, we must create barriers to stop it. Otherwise, we or our subconscious will still travel down that old road and then complain that the road slash behavior is broken and dark. But just like water will travel down the path of with least resistance, so will our thoughts and behaviors. Therefore, starting a new habit or trying to show up in a new way is not always enough. We need to make the old behavior or thought or whatever we are trying to change hard to do. This is where boundaries come into play. Boundaries can sometimes be a bit of a buzzword and there's so much to discuss and learn about boundaries. But for me, at first, I hated the stigma and discussions around boundaries, but it is because I didn't understand them. For most of my life, I thought boundaries were the same as standards. I thought all that was required for a boundary to be set was for me to express my standards and my expectations, and then others would just respect that, because that is what honorable and good people do. But I never knew how to hold or support a boundary when someone else or when I didn't respect it. Learning that boundaries are not boundaries without a plan of action and consequences, Again, I did not like that. This felt like manipulation or punishment, and that didn't sit well with me. But here's the thing about the consequences. The consequences are not for the other people. They are for us. What am I going to do if slash when someone else or when I cross my own standards? 
boundaries hold me responsible to protect my standards. We have to put roadblocks up if we want to stop going down that old road. Implementing this change was one of the hardest things I had to learn. It felt selfish and mean. All my life, I have always put the needs, desires, and wants to the side for the sake of everyone else. Changing that thought and working on boundaries was so hard, but mostly because that wasn't what either my ex-husband or I were used to. Because my ex-husband didn't respect my standards in the first place, he really didn't like it when I started to hold my ground and not bend or break my standards for him. This was all new territory, and it was a change he didn't want. So not only was I fighting myself and how I used to do things, but I was also fighting against my ex-husband who didn't want it at all. I had to block and stop myself if when I began to go down the old roads, and that's not always easy. In addition, one of the things I wanted to change more than anything was my ex-husband's behavior. I wanted to see changes in him, and I needed to see those changes right away. In hindsight, I can see how my needs and expectations for change may have been too much for him, but it is what I needed from him if he wanted me to stay in our marriage. Although I wasn't expecting to have him change right away, I needed to see him try. I needed to see him to start implementing new behaviors, boundaries, and actions for himself, i.e. I wanted him to build new roads. But when he was unable to meet that need because he was not ready, I couldn't continue to stand by and wait any longer. The recovery process was already going to take too long, and I only had enough strength to hold on to our marriage and wait as long as he was trying. But from my perspective, when my hopes, desires, and expectations were not being met, I had to ultimately be the one that walked away. I had to change something when the change I really wanted to see was not available. In all this talk about change, there's something I discovered and I thought it was really interesting. Recently, I have had the opportunity to talk and discuss with a friend about Alzheimer's and dementia. This heartbreaking disease that strips someone of their memories to the point where they don't recognize their own family is nothing short of devastating. But here's the interesting thing, that most of the time, the memories and people they do recall is from their childhood. I have talked to friends and family members who have told me that their mom or dad suffering from this disease has mistaken their children for their mother and father. Did that make any sense? Let me give another example. They often will say things like, I want to go home, but they are actually in the home they have lived in for the past 30, 40, 50 plus years. However, the home they are referring to is their childhood home. I found that so interesting as I can hardly recall my own childhood and I'm only 38 years old. However, these patients suffering from these diseases revert back 50 plus years, and that is what they remember. That struck me so hard for some reason. Logically, I would think and expect the opposite would be happening. They would forget the past and only remember the most relevant or present period of time because that is what's closest, but 
that is not what's happening. Even though our memories fade, our brain still has all the information and holds on to it. The roads are still there and they are deep. And when we stop thinking, our thoughts and minds will revert back to the original road. What this means for you and I is that we can't stop continually trying to grow. If we get complacent and lazy, we will fall back and unknowingly revert back to the original. This is why change is hard. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be an all-out war all the time from here on out, but we have to make some kind of effort every day in order to stop from falling backwards. What I'm saying is that if we are not cautious and careful about moving forward, we will begin to slip little by little backwards. It's kind of like moving backwards or walking backwards on a moving walkway. If you want to get anywhere, you're going to have to walk pretty fast or run. But if you want to maintain where you are, all you have to do is walk. It's not a lot of effort, but it will require some effort. However, if we stop and don't put forth any effort at all, we will slowly move backwards. And most of the time, we won't even realize it. Now, why did I say change is important? Well, because change is growth. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. We would never progress or become better. We would never be able to learn or develop new skills or opportunities. Without change, we are stuck. And I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot worse. In fact, that was one of my biggest fears that I would get, that I wouldn't get strong enough to break free and I would be on a merry-go-round of pain for the rest of my life. But the most beautiful part is even when we don't know or think we are changing and growing, we are. Because time is change. Therefore, everything will eventually change and be different. That is why it's time we start to embrace change instead of fearing it. Once we can acknowledge and accept that change really is the only thing that we can count on, then it loses its power of control. Because even if everything goes wrong and what we try doesn't work out, well, that too will change and won't last forever. I hope that all of this wasn't discouraging for you, but instead I ask you to use it as a lesson for understanding. There is a difference between not knowing any better and choosing to close your eyes. I hope you will open your eyes and learn. That is what recovery is all about, and that is where you will find peace. Sometimes I wish I had the ability to take your pain away and make everything better, but that is a job for you and for your Savior, Jesus Christ. I am here just to try and help, support, and give you aid. I believe in you, and I know there is greatness within you. Keep going and take courage. Until next time, stay strong, my friends. Thanks so much for joining me here today. If anything that you felt or heard today resonated with you, please take a moment to like, review, or share this podcast with a friend. That way, it can grow and more people can see it, and hopefully the right ones can find it. Thanks so much. Have a great day.